Good morning, UUCC. My name is Jim Johnson, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. I'm a member of your Board of Trustees, and it is my great pleasure to welcome you to worship this morning at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty Minister, as well as by a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to many of you, our lay leaders and volunteers, whose incredible efforts and dedication are helping to keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. 
We particularly welcome any guests who are joining us this morning. We encourage you to fill out the visitors form, either in the lobby or online, and to connect with others in either the virtual or the in-person social hour after services today, so we have a chance to meet and welcome you. Finally, for those of you who are attending in person at the Sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment now to silence your cell phone and other electronic devices you might have. I have four announcements for this morning, starting with um, friends and visitors who are returning and feel ready to become an official member of the UUCC community. You're invited to join with staff member Sarah Davison, and Sarah will be outside the sanctuary, I mean, outside the doors, and we'll have the membership book available for you to sign after today's service. The board trustees has been conducting a series of congregational conversations on open questions, and that will conclude today, and you're invited to stay after services today to participate in a 30 to 40 minute uh, small group discussion, which will be facilitated by board members. If you're joining us virtually, please stay in the Zoom room after services, and we will place you in a breakout room for that conversation. If you're in the sanctuary, you can join in person and gather with Congregational President Colette Gowicks in room 213 after services. The question we will engage with this morning is, how can we as a congregation move forward toward creating a beloved community, and what difference do we want to see from that? How will our words be brought to life within our congregation? It's happening again now, immediately after services today, our UUCC high schoolers will have a wide variety of tasty homemade goodies for you in Sanctuary B. At $1 per item, this big sale is both delicious and very affordable. All proceeds support this summer's youth trip, so there's no need for you to feel hungry while you're browsing the bookstore or when you go to the conversation circle this morning. Uh, grab your blueberry muffin, chocolate chip blondie, or a gluten-free uh, rice krispie treat on your way to whatever you're doing throughout the day. And finally, we hope to see you this upcoming Saturday evening at 7 p.m. for our next Chalice concert. Join UUCC's own resident staff musicians, Michael Adcock and Valerie Shu, and a program of colorful music written for four hands and one piano. It'll include pieces inspired by characters from music, literature, and opera, as well as festive dances from a variety of piano composers. Looking forward to an evening of community and spirit, and we hope you'll be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Don. Thank you, Jim. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to UUCC, especially those of you who are guests and some old friends who are back today for the first time in a while. It's great to be with you. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and it is my great privilege to serve as minister of this congregation. If you are here in the sanctuary and need a hearing assist device, those are available for you in the sound booth in the back, so please don't hesitate to ask. Um, if you would like to follow along in our order of service, that is available to you electronically by using the URL in the chat or this QR code that is appearing on your screen. You can use your mobile device to access that online, and we'll leave it there long enough for those mobile devices that I see in the air to capture it. As Jim said, if you're a guest today and haven't yet filled out a visitor form, we urge you to do that so that we can stay in touch. Those are available online or at the table in the lobby. And later in the service, we will honor the personal joys and sorrows of members of this community. So you may submit yours by email at joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net or by writing them in our Joys and Sorrows book here in the sanctuary. And remember, for those of you joining us remotely, even though you're not here in the room, you can participate in some of those embodied rituals by having your own flame and a chalice or just a flame that you can light when we light our chalice here or a bowl of water to drop stones when we honor joys and sorrows. So we'll hope you will join us in those rituals. There are many people involved in this morning's service. We are so fortunate to have such a generous community of people contributing their stories, their voices, their talent. You've already heard UUCC newcomer Don Weimer offering music. Thank you, Don, for that. And of course, we're always grateful to have Tom Monroe at the piano and Robin Slaw offering stories and wondering questions. Extra special thanks to Jill Christensen for helping me plan this services. Your contributions have been critical. And I'm gonna say a little bit more about our guest speakers later in the service. But also, as always, we must say thank you to the large support crew that is behind the camera, so to speak, today. Those who are serving on the hospitality team, the tech team, who are volunteering in religious education, and so much more. Thank you to all of you. Today, we are inviting ourselves to consider what we mean when we talk about we, us, ours. Who is included when we say the word we? Who has access to what we consider ours? And how and why do we distinguish between those who are us and them. We know that UUCC is itself not a monolith. The membership of this congregation represents a diversity of theologies, of genders, of sexual orientations. There is some diversity of race and ethnicity and class in our membership, but the truth is that UUCC is predominantly white, culturally Western European, middle and upper middle class, with lots of formal education. And there are life experiences and burdens and challenges and barriers that are unfamiliar to many among us. In a few minutes, we're going to speak the words of our congregational covenant in which we promise to challenge each other to live our values. 
One of the ways that we do that is by inviting one another to see beyond our own limited life experience and perspective, by opening ourselves to views different from our own. So today, we are opening ourselves to varied perspectives of those who are immigrants to the continental United States, through words written by people born in Puerto Rico and China, and most poignantly, through some personal stories we're going to hear today of Howard County neighbors who only recently have begun making their home here. So I invite you, wherever you are, to settle in, open mind and heart and body to the wisdom of story, and listen as we begin with these words of the Reverend Marta I. Valentin, who writes, we come together today to honor the universal community of seekers to which we all belong. We gather today to share from our deepest place of safety that we might nurture ourselves by celebrating one another. We call into our presence this hour our ancestors whose love, labor, and commitment made it possible for us to be here now. Let us call one another to the table of abundance, that we may feed on those fruits that sustain us and ever ask us to grow. Let us open this moment with hearts that have no borders. Let us worship. Morning. Our chalice lighting reading this morning is Set the Garden on Fire by the poet Chen Chen. My friend's new neighbors in the suburbs are planting a neat row of roses between her house and theirs. Her neighbors smile, say the roses are part of a community garden project, that's all. But they whisper, too, whisper plans for trees, a wall of them. They plant rumors that her house is hiding illegals when it's aunts and uncles visiting. They grow tall accusations fed by talk radio that her house was bought with drug money, not 17 years of walks sizzling, people serving, delivering, filing, people scrubbing, refilling, running, her family running the best restaurant in town. Like with your family, my friend says, once we moved in, they stopped calling us hardworking immigrants. Friend, let's really move in. Let's plunge our hands into the soil, plant cilantro and strong tomatoes, watermelon and honey-hearted cantaloupe, good things, sweeter than any rose. Let's build the community garden that never was. Let's call the neighbors out, call for an orchard, not a wall. Trees with arms free, flaming into apple, peach, pear, every imaginable, edible fire. Come, friend, neighbor, you. Come set the garden on fire with all our hard-earned years, tender labor of being here, ceaseless and volcanic making of being here together. 
Thank you, Valerie. Wherever you are, will you rise now in spirit or in body? We're going to join our voices in several different ways here. First, by speaking together our congregational covenant. These are words that this unique religious community have written together as promises that we make to and with one another for how we will be together in this community and in the world. So will you speak the words that you will see on the screen? Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now I'm going to invite you to greet your neighbors here in this space and also on Zoom, and also offer a reminder that we take care in doing that. Be gentle with one another. Suspend judgment of those who may not want to interact right now. It's not easy for all of us. And also, don't touch another person without their consent. But now, will you say hello to one another? Good morning, everyone on Zoom. Good morning. Good morning. Before you sit down, we're going to continue raising our voices together, and I invite you to stand as you're able and willing as we sing the hymn, When Our Heart is in a Holy Place. Please join. Every color, every green and kind. When we 
everyone. My name is Robin Slaw. I'm your director of religious education. I use the pronouns she, her, hers. And I am really happy to be here with you this morning. I'm going to invite the children to come on down front if you would like to come down front so we can have a conversation. They're busy coloring. Maybe they won't come down. I don't know. I don't know. Well, oh, here comes some. Hi, Margo. Hi, Violet. So when I was little, you can sit, you can sit. Make sure you can see the screen because we're gonna watch a little video in a little bit. When I was a little girl, and, and a little bit still today, when I went somewhere, when I didn't know a single person, it was scary for me. Is that true for any of you? Yeah, some of you, some of you raise your hands. How about the rest of you in the room? Is that scary for you? Some, look at how many hands went up. It's hard to go somewhere and not know anybody for many of us. And most of the time, I made friends eventually, but I made friends because other people reached out to me because I was afraid to reach out to other people. And I was always so glad when people were nice to me and friendly to me so that I could make friends. How many of you have made friends when you didn't know a single soul? Have you done that? Have you gone somewhere where you made friends even though you didn't know a single soul? I see some hands, what about the back? It's harder when we get older, there's not as many hands up. Uh, but let's watch a story about a stranger who didn't know anyone. Go ahead, sound crew. Story is written and illustrated by Chris Naylor Belesteros. The Suitcase A strange animal arrived one day, looking dusty, tired, sad, and frightened. He was pulling a big suitcase. Hey, hi there. What's in your suitcase? My suitcase? Well, there's a teacup. A teacup? That's a big suitcase for a little teacup. Yes, I suppose it is. But there's a table for my teacup and a wooden chair for me to sit on, too. There's a table and a chair in your suitcase? Impossible! Well, it's his suitcase, but a table and a chair? Really? Yes, and there's a little kitchen in a wooden cabin where I make my tea. That's my home. It's on a hillside 
surrounded by trees, and on a clear day, you can see the sea. It's all there in my suitcase. But I'm sorry. I'm really very, very tired. I've been traveling for a long time and come a long way. I must have a little rest. What a strange animal. I've never seen anything like him before. Neither have I, but we really should let him sleep for a while. Well, I don't trust him. How do we know he's telling the truth? There's only one way to find out. Someone passed me a big rock. We're going to break open the suitcase and see what's inside. Maybe we should. We need to know the truth. You can't do that. It's not ours. In no time at all, the suitcase was open. See? A broken teacup and an old photograph. He lied to us. Well, no, he did say there was a teacup. Yes, and now his suitcase is broken too. What will he think of us? Meanwhile, the sleeping stranger dreamed about running away and hiding, about climbing over mountains and swimming across deep waters. And he dreamed about his suitcase and all that he had inside of it. When he finally woke up, he couldn't believe what the other animals had done. I'm sorry I broke your suitcase. We fixed it as best we could. And we've been busy while you were sleeping. We hope you like it. Thank you. It's perfect. There's just one tiny problem. We're going to need more teacups. So in this story, the others, they were suspicious of the stranger, right? They didn't trust the stranger. But in the end, they made friends. Why do you think that happened? How, what happened to make friends with each other? Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Ace? I think they became friends because they bonded over wanting to fix things. I think that's a good way to make friends when you work together to fix things. I don't think I could come up with anything better, could I? So I wonder if any of you can keep thinking about the ways that you can welcome the stranger and make friends with them. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when the children go to religious education. So if you're ready to join us for religious education, you can meet Miss Kelly back by the back door. And would the rest of you all please help sing the children out? Go now in peace. Go now in
Unitarian Universalists here in Columbia, across the state of Maryland, and throughout the United States, long have expressed a commitment to being allies with immigrants to this country. But it's not always clear how to express that commitment or how to embody the commitment with effective action. I said earlier that I'm deeply grateful to UUCC member Jill Christensen, who works at local nonprofit Luminous. Jill helped me think about and prepare for this service today. Luminous, some of you may know, exists to empower new Americans by offering legal, social, and language services to help them achieve their goals. Luminous is arguably our strongest potential partner in serving local neighbors who are immigrants. And we know that one of the most effective ways to cultivate relationships across real and perceived differences is by sharing personal stories with one another. So today, we are going to hear from three residents who are relatively new to Howard County and who are building lives for themselves and their families here. We're going to hear a little bit about why they left their countries of origin, El Salvador, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Afghanistan, and what their experience has been so far here in Maryland, and what they hope for their futures. Beatrice, Benita, Wally, Thank you for being here and for sharing yourselves with this congregation. It is truly a blessing to have you among us today. So before we hear from Beatrice, we are first going to pause. We're going to receive the gift of music from Tom Monroe, and we are going to invite you to dig deep into your pockets and share of your financial gifts with this community, this congregation, and all of those with whom we serve for the good of this community and this world. So your offerings will now be very gratefully received, either in the basket in the back of the room or electronically following the instructions on the screen. Thank you.
Now I'm very pleased to welcome Beatrice to the podium, along with Natalie, who will serve as interpreter this morning. Thank you both. Good morning, everyone. I feel so welcoming to be with you today and talk about me, <laughs> my, um, my experience. My name is Beatriz Quintanilla, and I'm from El Salvador. My husband is from El Salvador, too, and today I feel like um, a little bit nervous. And I'm so happy to be with you and have Miss Natalie as interpreter with me, <laughs> because I'm, want, uh, I want to be clear today. And I was born in El Salvador. Toda mi niñez la vivía allá. And my whole childhood I lived there. Mis papás emigraron cuando yo tenía seis años. My parents immigrated when I had when I was six years old. Mi abuela paterna me crió. And my father's mother um, raised me as a child. Empecé a estudiar, terminé mi high school en El Salvador. I started studying and actually finished high school in El Salvador. Empecé la universidad. And I started university. Pero en mi país empezó a haber muchas pandillas. But in my country, there started being a lot of violence. Mucho crimen organizado. A lot of organized crime started to develop. Y mi papá decidió um, hacerse ciudadano. And my father decided to become a citizen. Para hacer la petición al gobierno de poderme traer acá. Uh, and to petition the government um, of the U.S. to bring Beatriz to the U.S. Soy de la minoría, creo yo, que viene a este país con sus documentos en regla. I am of the minority of people who come to the United States um, and are with their papers um, and their documents already situated. Pero esto no significa que sea fácil también. But that definitely does not mean that it was easy. Dejamos nuestras casas. We left our home. Dejé mi carrera. I left my career. Dejé parte de mi familia. I left parts of my family. Y entré a este país en el 2005. And I arrived to the U.S. in 2005. Cuando tenía 21 años. When I was 21 years old. Vine y el primer obstáculo que para mí fue muy grande fue el idioma. When I arrived, the first barrier or um, obstacle that really posed a challenge was language. Y creo que para todos los emigrantes, ese es nuestro primer... Eh, con lo primero que lidiamos en este país. And I believe that with other immigrants, that is a common problem. That language is um, the key barrier um, that impacts and, and uh, creates a challenge for us. Aquí conocí a mi esposo. In the U.S., I met my husband. En la iglesia. In the church. Fuimos a una iglesia manejando de Ellicott City a Germantown. We would drive from Ellicott City to Germantown uh, to go to church. Por más de 10 años. For over 10 years. Ahí nos casamos en el 2012. There we were married in 2012. 
Uh, tres años después tuvimos nuestra primera hija, Abby. And three years later, we had our first daughter, Abby. Hoy tiene siete años. Today she is seven years old. Nuestra pequeña en el 2018, Ellie. In 2018, we had our second daughter, Ellie. And mi esposo siempre ha sido un hombre muy trabajador en este país. My husband has always been a very hard worker, especially in this country. A diferencia de mí, él entró por la frontera. But, con, or differently than me, he actually arrived by crossing the border. En mi casa he podido ver qué es tener documentos y qué es no tener nada en este país. In my household, I have seen the clear differences between what it means to have your documentation and to not, and the different challenges that arise from both. For my husband, uh, when he asked for Joe, they asked for the social security numbers or anything, and when he say no, sorry, we can't. And it's hard. <laughs> y él decidió, cuando tuvimos nuestra primer bebé, ¿Sabes qué? Solo yo voy a trabajar para que tú quedes en casa cuidando a nuestra hija. So, although he was having issues finding work, when I had my first daughter, he said, you know, no, I'm going to be the one working. I'm going to find a way to make this work so that you can be at home with the kids. Y por siete años, nosotros estuvimos, yo estuve cuidando a mis dos hijas en casa. And for seven years, that's what we did. I stayed home and took care of the kids, and he went out and worked. Y luego llegó la pandemia en el 2020. But then the coronavirus pandemic hit in 2020. Mi esposo se quedó sin trabajo y era lo único que teníamos. Which led my husband to lose his job, which was our only source of income at the time. Estuvimos en casa y solo oímos que donde vivíamos nos iban a dar tres meses para no pagar, pero teníamos que pagar al final. Mm -hmm. We found out that the um, apartment where we were living was providing a grace period for three months. Um, and though we weren't able to pay rent at that time, um, they said that after the three months, we would have to pay. Luego, uh, me di cuenta por Facebook que había una maestra que ayudaba con comida. Later, I found out through Facebook that there was a teacher helping with food delivery. Y el lugar se llama, se llama Columbia Community Care. And that was through Columbia Community Care. Ese día no tenía diapers para mi pequeña. That day, I didn't have diapers for my kid. Y no tenía dinero. And I didn't have money to buy them. Y hice una fila por una hora. I stood in line for about an hour. Con mis dos niñas. With my two little girls. Cuando llegué a la línea, eh, la muchacha me preguntó, ¿necesita diapers? When I got to the front of the line, the woman looked at me and said, do you need diapers? And I say, yes, please. Uh, what number? Number four. Eh, and she was looking and, oh, sorry, we're out of number four. In that moment, I feel sad, not because of bumpers. It's because as a parents, as a mother, I want to give everything to my daughters. And I think, 
all of you understand that. Y la señora que estaba detrás, the woman who was behind me, me dijo, si necesitas diapers, y yo le dije sí. She asked if I needed diapers, and she said yes. Yo conozco un lugar que te pueden ayudar. I know of a place that can help you. Y le dije, ¿cuál es ese lugar? Y me dijo, Luminos. And, and she told me about Luminos. Y llamé, y inmediatamente me contestaron. I called and immediately they answered. Y le dije, alguien me dio su número de teléfono y me dijo que usted me puede ayudar con diapers. So I talked to them and I, I asked, you know, someone gave me your phone number and they said that, that you could help me with um, caring for my kid with the diapers. Y me dice, ¿puedes venir a las dos de la tarde? Y yo dije, sí. They asked if I could come at two o'clock and I said yes. Y llegué y te, me dieron una caja de diapers, me dieron comida, me dieron eh, wipes. When I arrived, they were able to give me diapers, they were able to give me food and baby wipes. Y para mi sorpresa me preguntan, ¿necesitas ayuda con la renta y BGE? And to my surprise, they asked me if I needed help with my rent and with paying utilities. And I said, yes, I need it. Para mí ha sido una bendición. To me, it's been a blessing. Empezaron a ayudarme. They were able to start helping me. Mi esposo no lo creía. My husband couldn't believe it. Lloramos y dimos gracias. We cried and said thanks. Y empezamos el proceso y todo nos salió, nos pagaron nuestra renta. We started the process and Luminous was able to support us with rent and utilities. Hasta este día mi esposo no encuentra trabajo fijo. To this day, my husband has not yet found stable employment. Y decidimos que era hora de que yo trabajara. And we had to make the decision that it was time for me to return to work. Y... Uh, cayó un mensaje electrónico de la escuela de mi hija diciendo que necesitaban monitores. So I got a um, email from my daughter's school saying that they were looking for lunch monitors. Y apliqué y estoy trabajando en Howard, uh, sorry, en Holyfield Station Elementary School. So I applied and now I am working at, ¿cómo se llama? Holyfield Station. Station Elementary School. Es el único trabajo fijo que tenemos hasta este momento. That is the only stable employment that we have right now in my household. Y me podrán decir, ¿qué haces con tu pequeña? So you might ask, what do you do with your youngest? No tenía idea cuando apliqué qué iba a hacer con ella. When I applied to my job, I had no idea what I would do with her. Y hablé donde yo sabía que iba a encontrar alguien que me guiara. And so I spoke, I, I looked for who might help me, uh, help guide me in finding support for her. Hablé a Luminos y me dijeron qué me parecía si aplicara para Head Start Program. So I spoke with Luminous and I asked what it took to apply to the Head Start Program in Howard County. Y apliqué y mi hija está en el programa. And I was able to apply, and now my daughter is enrolled in that program. Luego, esta semana que mi hija entró hubo un Zoom meeting. That week that my daughter joined, there was a Zoom meeting. 
había una trabajadora social y dijo que si quería estudiar a alguien inglés, lo podía hacer. And there was a social worker who asked if we could uh, learn to speak English with her. Y estoy en el Howard Community College estudiando inglés, gramática y pronunciación. So now I'm at Howard Community College studying English and grammar and pronunciation. Y cuando llegué me dice, ¿te gusta trabajar con niños? Le expliqué mi situación. And when I got there, they asked if I enjoyed working with kids. Y me dijo, ¿qué tal si te pagamos unas clases para que agarres crédito y estés más preparada? So what if we give you some funding to take classes and be more prepared uh, to work with children? No sé lo que va a pasar en mi futuro con mi familia. I don't know what will happen with me and my family in the future. Pero algo estoy segura. But I am sure of one thing. Que si tocamos la puerta correcta. That if we knock on the right door. Cosas grandes van a pasar. Yo creo que todo esto. Big things can happen to help us. No sé mi futuro. I don't know my future. Pero sé que Howard County, gente que está trabajando. But I know that people living and working in Howard County ayudan a muchas personas como mi familia. Are able to help a lot of people like me and my family. Thank you. Um, good morning, everyone. I'm extremely happy to be with you all today and very excited to share my story. Uh, I would like to thank Ms. Jill Christensen, a volunteer coordinator at Luminous, for giving me the opportunity to speak in front of all of you today, um, members of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Colombia. Um, my name is Benita Bessa. I am 17 years old, and I attend Wild Lake High School here in Colombia. Um, I was born in Kinshasa, capital of the Democratic Republic of Congo, a country located in Central Africa. I spent the first 13 years of my life in Congo, where I studied at a French school. Um, I came to the United States four years ago um, because of political problems in my country. So, I, so for me, coming to the United States from Congo um, for the first time at the age of 13 was beyond stepping out of my comfort zone. My world turned upside down. And I remember coming um, off that airplane and being welcomed by like the cold winter hair because I came in January of 2018 and I was unfamiliar with um, winter. Uh, so we lived with my uncle in Prince George's County for about a month until he received an eviction notice. So my family and I had to live at a hotel for a few weeks and we were like running out of the money we had saved uh, really quickly. But fortunately, my mom found a job at a hair braiding salon owned by an African woman who was also an immigrant. And she allowed us to stay with her for a, while, for a few months. And so my mom was able to save up enough and we were able to get our own apartment um, in, in Charles County in Maryland. Um, for a long time, I felt like there was no home for me in America. And, but even so deep down, I knew that I was in the winter of my life. But spring would come and make me forget all the pain and frustration I was experiencing. Knowing that my family and friends were no longer a block away from me, but across the Atlantic Ocean was difficult for me to get used to, especially since I was a freshly a teenager. And 
But as cult culturally shocked and out of place I felt, I was fortunate enough to have new opportunities presented to me, and I, I was and I'm still am incredibly grateful for them. Um, I never learned to speak English before arriving in the U.S. I only spoke French in Swahili. So I remember my first day of school in the U.S. Everything was a challenge for me. From making friends to understanding what went on in the classroom, I really struggled with that. Nevertheless, I, enjoy, I enjoyed all the resources and opportunities that were presented to me uh, in the American public school system and wanted to make the most of, out of them. So I focused on learning English as fast as I could, and with the help of the ESOL classes that I was getting at school and a lot of dedication outside of school, I was able to learn the language. Um, so my family and I moved to Colombia in the summer of 2020. So we used to live in Waldorf, Maryland, but when the pandemic started, my mom was not able to work for a few weeks, so uh, we lost our apartment and we went to live with one of my aunts. Uh, for a few weeks and then after that we were looking for a new place and we were able to find an apartment here in Colombia which is why we moved here and um, I fell in love with Colombia as soon as we visited our apartment. Our apartment building was very diverse and I did not have to worry about ignoring, com ignoring comments or feeling out of place. So I completed my sophomore year of high school virtually and when I finally went back to the school building in the beginning of this year I realized how welcoming the people of Colombia were like, compared to like my experience when I first arrived in the U.S. And like as you enter Wildlife High School, the first thing you see are like different countries flag all, all over the walls in the main area. And I became friends with a lot of people from all over the world. And I'm able to hear their experiences and share minds to them too. And uh, my very first day at Wildlife, I knew that I would fit in just fine. I joined several school organizations, including the Matt Under Society, the Scholars Leadership Program, which is a program for high-achieving women of color, and I joined the African Student Association. Um, I joined the speech and debate team, and also the Rise Up Mentoring Program, which is aimed for um, to like help um, Black students um, achieving their full potential. So, and even though I could not speak a hint of English, I Joined this, um, I ended up joining the speech and debate team and I made it to the state competition. So, and I've now, I now have a part-time job at Green Angels Landscaping where I work as an office assistant. And at the beginning of the school year, I started volunteering at Luminous and my friend told me about Luminous. She's an immigrant from Ethiopia. And I was really excited because I knew the challenges that came with being an immigrant. So when she told me about it, I was very excited to be a part of Luminous and help people. And after everything that the community has done for me, I really thought it was a good way of giving back. And so our county became my home about a year and a half ago. And I've loved every minute of it. And I really think what makes Colombia so special is how welcoming it is. And uh, today, as I'm standing before you, I can proudly say that I found my home. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone, for having me here. Uh, by way of introduction, I'm uh, Waliz Adran. I'm from Afghanistan and a lawyer uh, by profession. 
Uh, I come from a family um, uh, who were all public uh, servants and used to work with the previous or former government of Afghanistan and her uh, allies, uh, including the uh, United States of uh, America. Uh, my mother, my sister, and my wife were all human rights and women rights activists back in Afghanistan. And uh, I was uh, also a member of the uh, government. Uh, by education, uh, as I said, I'm a lawyer, so I hold or possess a master's degree in law. And uh, at age of 29, uh, I was able to uh, win the complete trust of our former president, and I was then appointed as the deputy minister or the vice minister of mines and uh, Ministry of Mines and Petroleum in Afghanistan. And later on, after two years of service, uh, I was appointed as the general director of Afghanistan uh, Independent Oil and Gas Regulatory Authority, a position which was equal to a minister's position according to our uh, civil laws. Uh, so, these are all the achievements that I had as an individual in the previous 20 years, but um, it just took 11 days uh, to lose uh, what was achieved in all those years. August 2021, it was the fall of Afghanistan, a nation that was a, on a cusp of uh, rebuilding after decades of domestic uh, strife and civil war. A country that believed in dem democratic values and rule of law. My 18 years of education, eight years of government service, and numerous efforts to serve the common good was shattered overnight and meant nothing to the new rurals, the de facto rurals, which are the known extremists. This was a nightmare that shattered the achievements and dreams of all decent Afghans. There were so many dreams. <clears throat> oh, sorry. So uh, there were so many dreams that we wanted to see and achieve, but uh, we will be never able to see those uh, dreams again. We left our country with the only backpacks uh, with us. <clears throat> However, I'm slowly uh, trying to, uh, we as the family, are trying to deal with this trauma and horror of leaving everything behind, fleeing our homeland, fearing for our life, and also our newly acquired refugee status. All of this keeps making me think about the new phase of our and my life here in the United States of America. Starting over everything from scratch is a challenge, particularly when you lose everything and when you leave everything behind in your homeland. But we see everything in our way as an opportunity, irrespective of the difficulties. I'm sure that we can utilize this opportunity to the utmost with your support and love. I'm very fortunate 
being able to live in Howard County. County. When I first came into Maryland, I was living in one of the hotels uh, in Linthicum Heights. And because I'm a lawyer, so I keep lots of questions and do lots of research by habit. So I started re doing research about the, er the counties and the areas in Maryland, asking my friends which would be the best place to stay in, because in the hotel that we were staying, uh, we didn't even have a lobby uh, where we can go and sit and discuss things with people around. So it was just the room and the parking, and even we didn't have grocery stores or markets or shops around us. There was only one gas station which had 7-Eleven, which we, we could walk to sometimes. So I was doing research, and lots of my friends told me that I think because you have a large family, so I have a daughter who is four years old, I have my two sisters, my brother and my mother, so they suggested me that you should, you should go for Columbia or Howard County. Uh, and so that, that was the very first suggestion. So I tried so many areas, and finally, uh, you know, now I'm living in Ellicott City, town and, town and country, Boulevard. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so happy and lucky that I'm living in this county and this neighborhood uh, because everyone around us has extended uh, so much of their support, uh, kindness, and guidance. I love the community uh, for the diversity and integrity. Uh, obviously, Luminous, I have a four years uh, daughter, so the very first thing which was offered to me was a head start for my daughter who was away from her uh, basic education since last seven months during this pro uh, process. And her enrollment processing is going on, and I hope that uh, she will be accepted for, the, accepted for the Head Start. So like Luminous, there are so many other organizations and people around us that are extending their support, guidance, and love. Uh, the good thing is that because we all believe in education, so uh, we want to continue our education here. Uh, I have got a full scholarship from Columbia Law School uh, in New York, and I'll be doing uh, my LLM or master program this fall. And I'm being hopeful that I'll be a qualified attorney uh, here in the United States uh, so that I can be a role model to all Afghan and Afghan-American children who want to pursue their career in law. And apart from that, I want to not only protect my family, but also extend that support uh, to the community at large, irrespective of the fact where they come from. Uh, at the same time, my sister, my brother, has already got their jobs. Uh, uh, my, my another sister has a special disability, which again, organizations like Luminous and others are helping me to uh, get support for her. Uh, lastly, I would like to thank the government of uh, United States of America and the people uh, who have always, uh, who have always uh, stood by the uh, Afghans. This support matters a lot, but uh, as my final comments, let's not also forget uh, the millions of the Afghans who are still in Afghanistan and they are facing hunger. Uh, particularly those millions of my uh, Afghan bright and smart sisters who are deprived of education and they're not allowed to go to school. Trust me, every voice, voice raised for this purpose uh, 
is valuable and does make a difference. Thank you. referring only to those who feel familiar to me, who share a background, a faith tradition, a skin tone, a country of origin, who share similar wealth and privilege and language and education? Are we Americans only those who were included in the colonizers' founding documents that are still the law of this land's ruling class? 
Can we truly imagine a we that includes, as our Unitarian Universalist principles propose as a goal, a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all? Beatrice and Benita and Wally so graciously speak of the welcome they have received here in Maryland and Howard County. But we also heard about great challenges, language barriers, basic needs for shelter and hygiene supplies, support for trauma recovery, worries for loved ones left behind the need for political pressure on decision makers. As Wally said, every voice raised on behalf of Afghan women and girls and those who are hungry in Afghanistan is valuable and does make a difference. So let's all make choices that not only protect the comforts of what we perceive to be ours, our property, our wealth, our language, but also expand who we is. In the words of Mar poet Marge Percy, when you say we and you know who you mean and each day you mean one more. Activist Brittany Packnett Cunningham is credited with reminding us who do live with such great privilege, privilege granted not by what we've earned, but by the luck of the draw at birth. We with great privilege have choices about what we do with that privilege. She says, the privilege you enjoy comes at someone else's expense. The privilege that you're hoarding could be put to good use. It could be used to create space, opportunity, resources, and amplification for someone else not because they need your saving, but because that's what you do with what you didn't earn. It's not charity, it's solidarity. Not charity, but solidarity. This month, UUCC's climate justice team is focusing on immigration, in particular on persons who are displaced from their homelands because of climate change. And on Sunday, April 24th, they're going to be hosting a forum on this topic. I encourage you to mark your calendars, that's three weeks from now, and plan to attend that forum where you can learn more about concrete ways to know and serve and stand in solidarity with our immigrant neighbors. For example, there are efforts to help settle refugees from Afghanistan, like Wally's family that we just heard about. We have opportunities to partner with other religious communities like the Dar al-Taqwa Mosque, Channing Memorial Church, the Muslim Family Center here at Obik, to support these Afghan families. And if you don't know about Luminous, I encourage you to learn more about volunteer opportunities there. I am confident that an investment of time with Luminous will serve you too. Friend, writes poet Chen Chen, let's really move in. Come set the garden on fire with all your hard-earned years, tender labor of being here, ceaseless and volcanic making of being here together. So may it be.
Will you please rise in body or in spirit? And Tom, let's sing just verse one of We Would Be One. Let's join our voices in singing. Thank you. You may be seated. Colette, I wonder if I could put you on the spot to come help me with the stones. Thank you. During worship each week, we give voice to the personal joys and sorrows of members of this community. And we also drop individual stones or pebbles into a communal bowl of water to represent the ways that each of these joys and sorrows, these lives, ripple out and touch all of us and are held in our embrace. So during the music meditation that will follow our time of silent reflection, you who are worshiping here in the sanctuary are invited to come forward in silence and place your own pebbles into the water in honor of your own joys and sorrows. But first, we will hear from those who have offered up words for us to hear. One more, Colette, in honor of all of those things among us which go unspoken right now but are held in our hearts. I now invite you into a few moments of reflection and silent prayer as we hold all of this joy and celebration, the fear and the worry and the sorrow. May we held be held in this embrace of love. Amen. Blessed be.
Will you please rise in body or in spirit and hear these words of benediction, and then we will sing together the benediction response. We close with the words of poet, writer, Native American, member of the Pueblo of Acoma, Simon Ortiz. That dream shall have a name, after all, and it will not be vengeful, but wealthy with love and compassion and knowledge. And it will rise in this heart, which is our America. Amen. Take courage, friends, the way is often hard. Path is never clear and the stakes are very hard. Take courage, for you are not alone. For you are not alone. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I pledge allegiance to the flag and the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Congratulations, you're all now American citizens. Para quien dice que yo soy malinchista y que traiciono mi bandera y mi nación Llegué llorando a tierra de anglosajón Yo trabajaba, mis hijos iban creciendo Todos nacieron bajo esta gran nación Y mis derechos los han ido pisoteando Van formulando leyes de constitución si me quitan mi dinero Yo solo quiero mi seguro de pensión Pero qué importa si soy nuevo ciudadano Sigo siendo mexicano Como el pulque y el nopal Y mis hermanos centro y sudamericanos Caribeños o cubanos Traen la sangre tropical para que respeten los derechos de mi raza Caben dos patrias en el mismo corazón El juez se paró en la corte La tarde del juramento De mi corazón brotaba una lágrima salada Que me quemaba por dentro Dos banderas me turbaban, una verde, blanca y roja con el águila estampada. La otra con su azul lleno de estrellas, con sus rayas rojas y blancas grabadas. La bandera de mis hijos y alegre me contemplaban. No me llamen traicionero, que a mis dos patrias las quiero. 
En la mía dejé a mis muertos. Aquí, aquí mis hijos nacieron. Por defender mis derechos, no puedo ser traicionero. Pero qué importa si soy nuevo ciudadano, sigo siendo mexicano como el pulque y el sopar. Y mis hermanos centro y sudamericanos, caribeños o cubanos, traen la sangre tropical. Pa' que respeten los derechos de mi raza. <risa> 